I'm always amazed at how I get confused by the different Gospels. Because some of them say one thing, and some of them say something else. But they all talked about the birth. No, they didn't. They all talked about the baptism. And that is where our story starts today. Mark's gospel begins with Jesus' baptism, while Matthew and Luke start with the stories of Jesus' birth and infancy. And John begins with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was good. Sound familiar? The eight verses that come before our scripture in Mark today exist to prepare the way for our story. Mark's gospel is all about good news. What exactly is that good news? What is Mark talking about? See, chapter, the verse, the first verse begins, the beginning of good news, good news, of Jesus Christ, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Who is he sending? John the Baptist. So John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. And the whole Judean region and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him to be baptized. They were being baptized in the River Jordan, and they were confessing their sins. Now John was clothed in camel hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Not the kind of character we'd bump arms with very often. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me, and I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the straps of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Then our scripture begins. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descended like a dove upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, you are my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. Let's look at what Mark is trying to say here. Another difference between Mark and the other gospel writers is that Mark says the descendant of the spirit is like that of a dove. While the other says as a dove. For them it lands on Jesus. But for Mark, the spirit descends into Jesus. The other mention is that Mark's gospel calls for Jesus to be the only one to hear the voice from heaven. Remember, you are my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. Mark's version says only Jesus heard that. That is what scholars call the Messianic 
secret, a theme that is more central to Mark than any of the other Gospels. Think about it. During Jesus' memory, ministry, do you remember where the disciples are confused about exactly who he is? They haven't heard what Jesus has heard. And then Jesus is tested, and the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tested by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited for him. Then immediately following this experience, the same spirit that descended upon him as a gentle dove turned into a dive bomber, a Mack truck, and pushes Jesus into the wild. We are not given any hint or clue that Jesus chose to go to this destination. The writer of Mark's gospel makes it clear that Jesus was forcefully driven and pushed into the wilderness by the Spirit. Something totally outside of him to go. Now the wilderness is not a safe place. It is treacherous, wild place with tricky, barren terrain. It is where one experiences the burning rays of the beating sun, the hungry wolves of wild beasts, and something many of us don't like to face, solitude. We can probably surmise that, like most of us, when Jesus faced solitude, he met his own inner voice. Mark tells us that having been driven into the wilderness, Jesus was tempted and tested by Satan. Jesus did not choose to go into the wilderness, and he did not choose to be tempted. Beyond this, Mark simply does not give us any details about the 40 days. Now here's where the other Gospels come in. Unlike the other Gospels, we are not given any scripted argument between Jesus and Satan. We are not given the, if you're hungry, turn this into bread. We are not given, stand on top of this mountain and fall, and the angels will catch you. All we are told is that Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, was tempted by Satan, was with the wild beasts and the angels, they waited on him. Yes, the angels took care of him. God's presence was there with him throughout the 40-day experience. And as we begin our 40-day Lenten journey, we remember Jesus' experience and we are given the promise that God is with us. As we face our own challenges in the wilderness experience of our own lives. The wilderness of the desert is not only a physical, geographical place, it is also a spiritual place where we find multiple spots of self-examination, struggle, and repentance. It is a place where we, are often dis we will often discover we have to face ourselves it is a mirror that we look into. We did, do not choose to experience times of temptation, sorrow, struggles, or pain. 
It's not like I set out one day and said, God, I want to experience pain today. It's not like I ask for these things. No, I do not for one minute believe that God causes these experiences. That God is there on some big throne saying, you will lose your job today. That God is saying, I'm putting you through this hardship and suffering. I don't believe that God causes us misery or teaches us a lesson on punishment. That's not the loving God that Jesus spoke of. Yet we face times of struggle, trial, and misery in our lives. However, just as God was present to Jesus during those 40 days, God is present in us in all of our challenging lives. Those times when marriage comes to an end, those times when we find that our children are struggling, those times when a loved one dies, those times when we are loved and we struggle with addiction, those times we lose a job, those times of hardship when we cannot sense even a glimmer of hope, we are not alone. God is present, ready, able, and surrounding us. God is present in all of the struggles and temptations we face, in all of the chaos and the pain. God is at work in the depths of those experiences, transforming them, bringing order out of case chaos, and bringing forth newness of life. As we intentionally take time for reflection and repentance during this Lenten season, we too, like Jesus, begin in the wilderness. Lent can be a time to take stock in our lives and start to come clean about those things that tempt us. The wilderness is where we can let go of our pretense and allow ourselves to be honest and vulnerable. This wilderness experience can allow us to take an honest look at the way we try to hide our pain. Take a look at the perfectionism that plagues us, the nature that drives us. What is it that makes us the way we are? The denial that is an epidemic within us and around us. And take a look at the way of our own brokenness shapes our lives. This wilderness can be a place where we find the freedom to confess the messiness of our lives. And the truth of the matter in the wilderness experience is not just a Lent experience. Whether we like it or not, the wilderness is the place where we live every day, but not alone. In the person of Jesus, God has entered the front lines of human existence. God has already been in the wilderness. In the person of Jesus, God has entered the wilderness of our lives and engaged sharp, jagged edges of this broken, sorrow-filled world. God is there. 
God does not walk with us through all of our experiences in the wild. He walks through the experiences in the wild, in the calm, in the rain, in the sunshine, in the death, and in the resurrection. As Jesus walks with us in the wilderness, we discovered we can let go of sinfulness, things that aren't to the best of our job on earth to, to be the hands and feet of Christ. And guess what? It is then that we finally discover our true selves. Then we begin to discover more deeply what it means to be called God's beloved child. God's very own. Then we discover more deeply that our entire life is bathed in God's grace. And then we begin to discover how deeply the God of all creation loves us. At the onset of Lent 2024, let's be honest, it takes some doing to follow Jesus. It really does. As Fred Craddock put it once, if you believe in God and choose to follow Jesus, that is something that will start with a troubled start. He referred to the story of Mark's gospel when Jesus told disciples to get in the boat and to go to the other side of Galilee. They did what he said, and they hit a storm. Dr. Craddock observed, it was not because they disobeyed that they hit a storm. It was because they obeyed that they hit the storm. And he told of hearing a preacher speak of Teresa of Avalia one Sunday, who publicly begged in the, to raise funds for an orphanage. After a series of setbacks, floods, storms, fire, all these terrible things for the orphanage, Teresa, in her evening prayers, said, God, so this is how you treat your friends? No wonder you have so few. If you find yourself drawn into the inner circle of the friends of God, blessed are you. But pray for the strength to bear the burden of it. As we begin this Lenten journey, let's acknowledge that following Jesus for 40 days, along a lifetime, is quite a calling. All you gotta do is pray for the strength to bear the burden of following our Savior. Now in chapter, or verse 14, now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. God's good news. This term, good news, would have had its significance in Jesus' day because Caesar Augustus, coming into power, proclaimed that he was the good news. He was the Son of God. So the Jews of the time would have been quite skeptical. And then they heard that 
Jesus was the Son of Man. But this term, good news, would also have had an impact then as it does now. The good news is that a breakthrough has occurred. God's power has broken through. Jesus came to announce that the king is at hand. The one who can master life, put it in order, bring peace and harmony into it, and supply a power that will produce a character no one can rival. That is the kingdom of God. Paul says it, it's not meat and drink that we're offered, but righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom is at hand to anyone and everyone who wants it. God's help is available when you acknowledge that you cannot get there alone. For me, I like the good news Jesus is offering. <laughs>